0: Red Channel Condition with Michael. You know, that's going to get my dick hard. Jonathan. I really fuck with this. And Peter.
1: And everybody makes a buck in the process. Welcome back, listeners, to this week's episode of Red Channel Condition. As usual, we're broadcasting from an undisclosed location in time and space, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Michael and Jonathan. Guys, we took a couple weeks off. How are you? But first, I want to give a very special happy birthday to our co-host, John. A uh, very special day for you. Big one. Uh, happy birthday, John.
0: Yay!
2: Happy birthday. Uh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, feeling, feeling the, the birthday energy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to be here. I'm happy to be around you. Uh, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here. But you know, I'm. Well, we're glad you're uh, here.
0: I'm glad that I'm here with you all. Thank you. So, what kind of cake are you gonna do? Are you or do you do cake anymore? Uh, <laughs> yes, I I still I still do
2: cake, you know, because it's a birthday.
0: Do, uh, do you do fancy cakes now, or are the old Carvel ice cream cakes still the way? Because <laughs> for me, that's that's the way. Do you know the way? Um, I, I I don't want any of that other like fancy
2: stuff. You. Know, Weirdly, like, I never really got, like, Carvel cakes or anything like that growing up because those cost,
0: like... Oh, no fudgy the Whales?
2: Yeah, I mean, those cost (laughs) cost money. Like, I didn't have that. (laughs) Um, My favorite cakes would be, like, when my aunt would make uh, carrot cakes and stuff like that. Oh, okay. She hasn't made those for me in, like, 10,000 years, so, like, I got, like, you know, mad carrot cakes due to me. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna have, like, as far as uh, dessert and stuff like that. I've been kind of flitting around like a butterfly, you know, uh, getting you know, cakes and desserts from different places, you know. So I'll, I'll see what I end up with.
0: Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. okay. At least you got like a little
2: sample.
1: Mike, I feel like every time you come to my house, you, have, you and your wife bring the most amazing, like, cheesecakes and pastries and things like that. Do you want to give me this bullshit that
0: you like the simple stuff? Oh, that's, I mean, that's, that's not me. And like anytime, anytime we're bringing anything over, that's not me. I mean, I, I share, I share the credit, like, you know, like she gets the house and the divorce, like, but you know, I, I, at least this, when we go to parties, I can take 50, 50. Wow. Of that. 50, okay. Yeah, All
1: right. Yeah. Well, we took two weeks off, uh, just because we actually didn't really find many articles that were worth our time. It, we were above that kind of shit. We're, we're above the doom and gloom. But I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, we took a little mini break. What have you been doing? What have you been watching? What have you been? Uh, what have you been up to? Well,
2: I've I've actually been watching uh, you know, Picard season three Star Trek Picard. Um, it's it's been pretty decent. You know the, I had one thing that I like really was like you know fuck this like when you know when we first when we first started watching it. What was that? Yeah, I guess like. Well, this, we this... should
0: if, before we jump into this, though. Spoiler warning, right? No, for the first five episodes. Yes. Or whatever. No. Um, yeah, because we don't we don't yeah, want. If you're not wanna...
1: watching, that's your problem. <laughs> Fuck you.
0: Yeah, I
2: I think I was very I was very very mad at the concept of uh, Jean Luc Picard's child. Like I was like, this is some bullshit. Like this is this is contrived. Like even for for science fiction television. But, you mean his 40-year-old, 22-year-old? Yeah, I was like, okay, like this is what we're doing. All right. Yep. Like fuck you, guys. Like this fucking time. <laughs> having having been able to suspend my disbelief for that. You know, this the <laughs> the show has been an entertaining ride, right? Like yes, there's nostalgia and stuff like that. You know, yes, it's the the old dogs running one more time, but at the end of the day, that's that's what that's what we want. That's you know, that's what the this show titled Picard about one of the old dogs is about and that's what it should be about So like I've enjoyed it so far
0: yeah I mean I'm not I'm not really gonna get too, too too into it but if season three was if season one and two was basically season three I'd probably be a lot more excited about Picard than I am right now I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop and
2: for it to turn into absolute <laughs> absolute yeah. shit
0: um but you know what like season three is is decent so far um but you know fool me once so i i have a i'm willing
1: to give uh, like a, a c to a c plus to this season as compared to the previous seasons which were f minuses um and i guess my biggest grievance with the show this season is, and don't get me wrong, I, I appreciate the fact that they are finally touching some Deep Space Nine content, but I'm a little annoyed at the fact that, again, kind of going with the current trend of Picard, I feel like they're doing a lot of things just to do them, dropping a lot of Easter eggs just for the sake of dropping Easter eggs without really planning out or thinking through or really adding any depth to the Easter eggs that they're dropping and i got to say you know star trek the next generation was not star trek deep space 9 and if you're going to touch this material i feel like they're they're really jumping into it without giving a lot of first of all they haven't hired any of the actors from deep space 9 for even cameos which i have a problem with them trying to wrap up or continue deep space 9 source material without any of the talent that was involved it it doesn't seem like they um they bothered to even consult with uh, people like uh, who were the former showrunners like uh, what was the guy's name um uh, Ira Bear yes. right? and all those all those guys and i'm a little annoyed at some of the inconsistencies that are popping up with how how they're introducing the changelings how the changelings work i mean there was a scene where the what's her name the the big bad villain who has done absolutely nothing for 6 episodes <laughs> like, cuts her arm off and, like, is talking to the Great Link. Like, that's not how the founders work. So things like that. I feel like they're touching the source material without really respecting or even understanding how to bring it back.
2: You know, you know like, it's funny that you mentioned that. I guess, you know, I've been so, like, I guess uh excited that the show has been, like, good and watchable that, like, I haven't really gone into, you know, uh, I guess the lore and how effective the lore is at being consistent, right? You know, I've just been like, wow, like Voyager or like, wow, like DS9. Right. Right. And that's, uh, I feel like
1: that's what they're counting
2: on. Right. And, you know, hey, like maybe I'm just, a, I'm just a median watcher, right? Like I've always, you know, I'm, I'm new to, to knowing what the fuck is going on in, in Star Trek, Right. Though, like, at this point, I probably can't say that anymore because I've been watching enough of these for a long enough time. Right. You know, like that, I even that I even care, you know, m- you know means, you know, that I've been around long enough. Right. Depending on how you're uh, consuming Star Trek. Yeah. Like, I-, I-, I didn't notice these things, you know, and maybe that's the problem. Like, I was just like, wow, like Changelings, super cool. Like, you know, I remember those. Right. Maybe I have to, you know, be more critical about how I engage in stuff. But I always feel like part of the, the thing is that like if I, if I do too much of that, I won't be able to enjoy anything.
1: And don't get me wrong. I am enjoying the season. Like I said, I'm grateful that they're touching this source material. Yeah. I just feel like they the respect is not being shown to the, the people that actually really put in a lot of work to make this lore yeah. and to make this material. And if you're going to touch it without consulting them, at least really know it in and yeah. out before you start doing crazy yeah, shit. Yeah,
2: that I'll agree with. Like, I do agree with the idea. Like, if you're going to, like, because I feel like DS9 has been so toxic to them for some reason. Like, they don't, they don't, re- like, Star Trek in general really doesn't want to try to fuck with DS9 the way that it should. Right. It's, it's like the, it's right. the Black Sheep series for some reason. Right.
1: Right, but also over time has been regarded as one of the yes. best because it it broke the mold of the 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 classic Star Trek Gene Roddenberry no conflict everybody's singing kumbaya right. and that's what made it great.
2: I agree with the idea if you're gonna if you're going to invoke DS9 like fucking do DS9 and respect it.
1: And and the fact that you know we're gonna bring back you know okay so Picard has touched you know maybe what happened with the Romulans and what's happened with the Borg and those were T- TNG villains absolutely go for it you fucked it up whatever that was your own shitty writing but you know the changelings if you're gonna if you're gonna have the changelings be the enemy this season and you're gonna have you know Picard fighting against them or they have some interest in Picard. I would have appreciated maybe some flashback backstory of what Picard was doing during the dominion war. You know, that question has never been answered. What is Picard's relationship to the dominion, if any, and if we're going to give him one, why are we just going to give him one now without kind of flushing it out and establishing that there's been any history between these two entities? You know, that, that to me is a little shitty.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Mike, what do you think? Uh, No, I, I think that's, that's an, that's a, that's honest and, and good criticism, uh, especially with the Picard stuff. I mean, a lot of the, uh, you know, like you and I have been watching this stuff, uh, forever since high school. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, at, at some point I think, I think like, honestly, I think season one and two kind of broke me, um, where Understandable. it got to the point where it's like, okay, like I'm nitpicking this, 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 this. And then it really just soured me off to the entire franchise itself. So, so with season three, my approach has been, I'm not going to watch it with that kind of eye, you know, of that level of nitpicky or or that level of, this is what I would do, you know, if, if I was in the writer's room or I was show running or whatever. Um, instead I'm just gonna try to watch it as a casual fan and just be happy that we don't have SWAT Borg. Right? Like <laughs> that, that's my that, that was always been my my bar for this show is you know, don't spend three episodes of your ten ten episode season in Picard's imagination.
3: Damn it, wow no, damn it wow no.
0: right don't have you know seal seal team borg running around like that was it anything better than that you know what i am happy um and that's how i'm approaching season 3 so while there are uh like you know weird changelings uh this time around i'm willing to give them that leeway of okay they'll pro- maybe they'll explain it and if they don't you know whatever I I you know I got to see the crew one last time, you know like I you no know, I'm not really happy about like oh we're gonna bring back, you know Data again for like the fifteen thousand times like at this point he's basically been wished back with the Dragon Balls like death is meaningless right in, in Star right. Trek you know Picard's died and now he has like a robot like you know, like a robot body we've we've crossed over into this thing where there are very little consequences for our main characters. Um, so you know what, you just gotta watch it like that. Just watch it like Dragon Ball, like you're here for the fights, right? You're here for, you know, the nostalgia and you know, I'm just letting it go.
2: I actually think that's a very healthy way to engage with that and pretty much everything that exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yeah,
1: you're you're probably not you're probably gonna be a lot happier watching it with that lens, uh-huh. uh, for sure. Yeah, I just, I wish that, and I I guess this is wishful thinking. I just, I really wish that if you, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to tell a story, tell your own story, but if you're going to try to tell somebody else's story or continue somebody else's story, you might want to read the book first. Totally agree though.
0: You know, I, I I can't, I can't hate on that opinion. It's, I, I I think it's absolutely right. It's just something that would like, it'll do you more harm than the show. right? Right. Like, like fandom is weird. In, in that way especially when it comes to things that were kind of niche and and have now become mass appeal you 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 want that but at the same time you fear it because things get diluted the meaning is gone you know cuz you're opening it up to a, a a more casual audience right and you yeah
1: and and I guess my 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 one last criticism and don't get me wrong again I'll give this or I'll give this season a decent rating as opposed to the other two, which I thought were complete disasters. But for me, we're six episodes into what is most
0: likely a 10 episode season. And, you know, not really much has happened. I think, I think the, uh, I think Picard as a series has always had issues with pacing. Uh, you know, like whether you're wasting episodes, uh, or, or even screen time or, a, a shot at, you know, at immigration, you know, kind of detention centers or, 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 you know, Picard's kind of mental, psychological issues. Um, yeah, I, I think historically the writers or the showrunner seems to have an issue with pacing, like you're not appreciating, you only have 10 episodes to tell a complete and fulfilling story. Sometimes I feel like they, they they still think they have like a twenty some odd episode season.
1: Yeah, and then they'll just try to jam pack you know as much shit as they can into the last episode, and it just seems disjointed and and rushed. Sure, you know.
0: I mean, I, I at this point, you know, like I'm I'm still more excited about things that are coming out, you know, like the Power Rangers trailer or something like that. <laughs> you know, but if I want good TV, I'm watching The Last of Us. You know, like I, I'm watching Picard because it's nostalgia you know, it's so
1: funny everybody says that show is so good and i don't think it's bad but i don't think it's amazing
0: it's i think it's really the the two characters yeah it's um the actors themselves kind of play it play it very well yeah, that's like, enjoyable
2: you like it's it's you know, again like it's 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 zombie stuff or you know monster stuff deadly stuff and like you know you watch things and you People die and you get sad, right? But it's, it's that bond between those two characters that's novel, right? The other stuff is less novel because you've seen it before. Like, I'm sure you've cried because people have died before or like, you know, in, in life or in a movie or in a show or whatever, you know, and, you know, it's intense or whatever. But I think the, the, the relationship between Joel and Ellie is what makes the show so good.
0: Yeah. Like, you have a lot of shows that are, you know, maybe carried by story and a lot of, you know, and, and kind of a uniqueness to, to the story and the writing. And then you have other shows kind of carried by actors. And I think The Last of Us is more towards the actors side, like whether that relationship is believable or not. Because if, if we're going to talk about zombies or you know, cordyceps or whatever, right? Like there, it's a zombie, feel. it's a zombie thing. We've seen it ad nauseum. Right, a million yeah. times, right, yeah. You know, So what, what's different here is that they took two actors who are just very good at their roles.
1: Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess enough about old friends and all that stuff. Um, Mike, you linked an article to us about uh, spending some time, uh, specifically having dinner with complete strangers and how rewarding or interesting that experience could be. Would you care to elaborate uh, a little bit for us what you learned?
0: Yeah. So, so I, I saw this um, article uh, and it it just struck me as so kind of alien and foreign, but there there there's a there's a woman uh, uh, who basically organizes dinner parties, and you know it's a sign up, and it's the idea is everyone there is a stranger, and they all just kind of randomly get together on on these days, and they eat together, um, and you know maybe friendships develop, maybe they don't but it's all about just random people coming together, sharing a meal, sharing some conversation, and then going back out into their lives. Right. So it's kind of like... And this is like a concept... You no, know, as somewhat of an introvert, like, this is hell. Like It's, it's actually like <laughs> the worst, like, worst idea for me. But there's also something that's really attractive about that too. You know, because like, I'm... The other day, us, uh, uh, one of the people I work with, we were at one of these like social functions, and they, just, they and they said, uh, they, they they said that I was essentially like a, a, a poorly socialized golden retriever, right? Like like I want to go in and like interact with people, right? But I just don't know how. Like I don't know how to like do it well or do it politely so like you know maybe i'm like pawing at people <laughs> or like <laughs> <laughs> so i was, was like okay you know what like i kind of i kind of get that um so you know like you guys are a bit more uh socially proficient you know it's like so i was thinking like are, are, is this a thing that you guys would do is this a thing that that that's interesting to probably more extroverted individuals because looking at this, like sharing, like, I barely want to share a meal with people I know. And, (laughs) you know, now it's like, you're going to eat in front of like, and talk about what the weather, like, are you going to really, yeah, I, I I don't, I don't know. Like just awkwardly staring at your phone while you eat. Are you awkwardly staring at that person across the table that you'll never see again? Well, you know, what do you do?
2: I mean, I personally, I love uh, this idea of these dinner parties. And, you know, the reality is, you know, uh, every friend ever starts as a stranger anyway. Aww. Right. So, like, you know, why does this, you know, why not have it like this? You know, in, in the post-pandemic world where, you know, like, you know, people are you know all over the place. People are moved. You know, have gone from places that you've. You used to hang out with you know there aren't really that many uh you know i guess structures where you're where you're always going to be at right like you can't be guaranteed to physically be at your job hanging out with people or you know at the the places that you might have hung out with probably closed like you can't be guaranteed to be in school so this is a great way to kind of add some structure to meeting some people right and you might even meet some people that you might not normally meet right like Maybe you go to a bar, usually, right, and you know you meet like bar people normally, right? You like, or maybe you go to like a a weekly you know board game meetup or something like that, and you meet like you board game people. So here, you know, at like a dinner party with strangers, you don't know the type of person you're, the type of people you're going to meet. You know, you might
0: stranger danger, stranger danger. Oh my god! No, I'm
2: like I I think it's good to kind of you get out of your comfort zone and you meet people that you otherwise wouldn't meet and try new things like you know that's happened many a times you know, us hanging out and then you're know, going you know, like we go to a a dinner or something like that or a bar and you meet people that you never saw before right like i meet you maybe i meet your your roommates or something like that from college i never met them before uh mike or maybe you know i check you out peter and like we meet some people you know, uh you know from upstate or like you know in in a restaurant or at a uh, stand-up that show that you did i never met them before like it's cool right and you make a connection and if and maybe you don't and you maybe there's a funny story that you get out of it right you there's something no matter what i think it's cool yeah no i i
0: I, I see it but oh my I, i it's just so difficult
2: it is hard like it's you know, so difficult. It's it, it's not easy, but I also think that it not being easy is more in your head than not,
1: right?
0: Okay. That's fair.
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree with John. I think this is a great exercise for people who are kind of craving a uh, new social experiences and again, getting out of your comfort zone. It's it's never an easy thing to do, especially if you're an introvert, but you know, generally speaking, those kinds of experiences that I've had where you do meet new people and you, you, you just, a sense of camaraderie is formed pretty early on, unless people are actively trying to be distant, you know, and I know we live in an era where people, and this is one of the problems I had living in the city after a while. I would, I would go out to bars and stuff and everybody's staring at their phones and everybody's like not even giving a shit about what's going on around them. But it sounds like the purpose of this is to get people to engage with each other and get people who otherwise would never have met, you know, to start talking. And in my experience, situations like that, even if you don't make lifelong friends, you still enjoy the experience of doing that and meeting those people. And maybe, maybe you don't talk to them beyond that, or maybe you do, but it's still a worthwhile experience to have, and it gets you out of your, gets you out of your house. It gets you out of your like cloud of funk of, you know, maybe just sitting at home and, you know, being on a computer or whatever the fuck the case may be. And I don't know. I think I think there's something to it if you're looking for that kind yeah. of experience. You know, if if you're gonna go to that and then stare at your phone the whole time you're at dinner, I think that kind of defeats the yeah. purpose.
0: Right. And then you basically just bring down the evening for other people. Right. And you're yeah, you're ruining yeah. it for other people. Like so. I- I, I'm I'm looking in from the outside, and it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's really cool. I would totally love to do it. And then I'm sure, it, like, then it's like, oh, yeah. You know what? No, I'm gonna go back home and uh, <laughs> and 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 eat my melted cheese.
2: <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's funny, right? Like, you sometimes I feel self conscious, like when I go to things you know, that are like this, right? Like. You know, I know I told you guys, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I went to, like, a thing, you know, which was, like, a dinner, and there was, like, wine and stuff like that, like a wine thing, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was basically, like, you know, a bunch of people, you know, many of whom were strangers. I definitely was, you know, uh, who met up and were just talking about all kinds of stuff, right? And, you know, I always feel self-conscious because I don't feel like I'm, you know, I didn't, I don't feel like I'm as interesting as, like, you know, I guess, fancy people or, you know, funny people or what have you when they all gather, right? Like, if we went, like, if, if we, if the three of us went to, like, a, like, a comedy meetup or something like that, like, I would feel self-conscious because I'm not, like, a, a comedy guy. I'm not a comedian or something like that. I'm a, a fucking, you know, I'm an office drone, right? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like I have something interesting to talk about, and I feel like I, I may give off that energy, Right, so you might not go to talk to me pro- proactively, right? But I also know that that's like part of you know how I you know how I think about myself, and like you know sometimes I catastrophize about stuff like that. So like you gotta just kind of you know, take the bull by the horns and just you know, try.
0: Well, just do it. Yeah. But, yeah. oh. but
1: also but also to, to your point, John, I feel like, you know, if you were to go to like a, a comedy meetup or a comedy club or even a bar, like, okay, well then that's that's a specific venue with a specific purpose. Like people go to a bar that, and to drink and the people that go to bars are people that drink and then people are getting drunk. And if that's not something that you're interested in doing, you're probably not going to go there to socialize. Same thing with like a comedy club or whatever. Like people are there. To be funny or or laugh or whatever the fucking case may be, but with a dinner, that's sort of like an almost a great equalizer. Everybody eats. Everybody. There's no other function to perform, you know, or no speciality you have to to you know to be amazing at in order to go to a dinner. So this is kind of like an even playing field for people. You just show up. You are who you are. You talk to people. You eat a meal and maybe have a little fun along the way. I think that's a great exercise for people who are interested in broadening
0: their social horizons. Yeah, I agree with that. How do you, when you guys interact with new people, how do you go about it? Because like for, whenever I meet anyone new, right, um, it's probably I've noticed them around at some point, like um, like if in a social gathering. You know, you walk into a room and then you're like like Robocop, right, like scanning, okay, like mm-hmm. like these are the mm-hmm. people, and then you you know you're people watching, right, you're seeing how they act and how they interact with other people, and then at some point in time, maybe you exchange words. My brain is too busy looking at all of the i guess the the unspoken communications, you know, like like, eye contact is off, like, so-and-so degrees off this axis or, axes or like, like, the body language is shifting this way kind of thing, and then I'm not listening to, like, what's actually being said, um, and then, like, you go away and you come back, and it's like, a, I just don't even remember this person's name. I can't live in that moment. Like, there's, like, an information kind of overload or, or, or over-processing like you're thinking yeah. too much about mm-hmm. it like to carry a conversation. So so at least for me I can
1: say this I'm very much like you in in that sense where I was with you in the beginning like and maybe I would describe myself as like an an introvert extroverted kind of person cuz just like you at any new social situation where I don't know anyone generally I'm quiet and I'm observant and I, like like you said looking at body language how other people are interacting and i would almost compare myself to like a small woodland creature <laughs> you know where where i'm in my little burrow you know taking notice of every little uh, uh little detail of my environment and then at, at some point in the in the social course of the evening you you either make the decision or determination that it's safe to come out of your burrow or that it's not and then if it's safe then i i i i don't mind um interacting with people or putting myself out there or saying something and then I feel like you know you kind of read the energies before you jump in head first but you know once you make that determination and you want to go out and and be a part of the night then it it seems to come fairly naturally for me
0: oh okay so because of the energy or the resource intensiveness of, of meeting new people as far as you know just following tracks of conversations trying to engage in conversations just the calculus of, am I ever going to meet this person again, come into play? And then as you kind of decide, okay, no, you're not. Then like, you just go into like, ah, uh, senior mode, right? Where it's like, ah, eh, it doesn't matter. It's the last day of school. Or like, it's the, you know, the day before retirement. Like, I'm not doing shit today. Like, like, you do that because like, instantly I do that even before I walk into a room and it's... It's yes. a serious problem.
1: <laughs> well, for for me at least, I part of the calculus is do I want to see these people again? Mm. Am I interested? Did I have enough fun at this interaction to care to repeat it? And if the answer is no, then I then I can walk away from the from the night having experienced something. Maybe I had some fun, whatever, nothing really came of it. But, you know, hey, if you meet somebody and you actually click it off and, and then I think that it also becomes part of the responsibilities on you and on them to continue it just like any friendship. It's it comes, it, it's work from both sides. Theater. You got to wa- teach you know? me how to
0: be human. <laughs> <laughs> You're not an AI
1: anymore, man. You're not an AI. You don't have an excuse. <laughs> At least that's how I see it. I mean, I, if Fair I, enough. And, and for me, like this is something that I kind of do every day that I go to work, you know, cause part of my day is showing up to a random place meeting a bunch of people I've never met before. Now, granted, they're in the same kind of profession that I am. So we have that in common, I guess. But, you know, it takes all types of personality types are there. And, you know, for the most part, actors are social people, but then sometimes they're very introverted as well. And, you know, I've met friends doing doing my gigs and, you know, I still talk to Rick, who was a guest on this show not too long ago, earlier this season. Um so I, I've found those experiences rewarding and enriching. And I'm glad to see that my social circle is evolving and not staying stagnant. You know, I'll say that. Um, and I think that's a thing you should kind of, I think it's, it's part of that. I think it's part of self-care, you know, to a certain degree, to make sure that you don't stagnate and to give yourself the opportunity to step into a situation that might be uncomfortable at first. But before
0: you know it, you're having a good time.
2: I agree with that.
0: You know, like this—it's one of those things I'm—I'm I'm super interested in, and and I feel like oh, this would be one of those things I would love to do. Um, but it—it it really is kind of like, you know, going on like maybe like a roller coaster for the first time, and like right. you know, yeah, you know what? Sure. I'm good. Like yeah, you know, I'm really I, so like you you. No, you, I would you love to a... do this, but I like if if I was to sign up for one of these parties, right? Like I would uh-huh. I would show up. And, like, right before, like, you know, maybe I go in. I'd be, Ugh. like, <laughs> you turn and just, <laughs> Immediately like.
2: Immediately, <laughs> Grandpa Simpson out. Yep.
0: You know, you know like, it, it'd be very tempting to do so. I mean, I don't know if I could actually go through with it.
1: Yeah. I think you should do an experiment. I think you should be, like, a, adopt a scientific mindset Ooh. about this and just do it to see what the results are. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I i think that, I think they would it would be good for you to know if you can do that i think you can honestly i think you'd be
0: good at it interacting on a professional level is is one thing doing social stuff is
1: i mean but mike this is something you're actually naturally pretty good at bullshit you know whether you no whether you think so i mean but it's it's true i mean we've been how did we become friends and we've been friends for years and like you know you, you don't seem to have a problem, you know, whenever you come to my house and you meet my friends that live mm-hmm. up here, you have a good time interacting with them. Now, granted, you may not have a relationship with them outside of, you know, me or whatever. You know, and I don't know. I don't know what's going on in your mind. Did you actually have fun? I have no idea. But it doesn't seem like you're struggling throughout the evening to m- make friends or you don't know how to act or it, it, that's not the case that I see.
0: Oh, okay. Good, good, good. You know, the, 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 the algorithm has worked. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Some people in high places are becoming too curious about this operation. They must be dealt with. The next duplicate is ready. See to its placement tonight.
0: Alright. It, it, it's one of those things where, like, anytime I go up, to, um, go up to your place, it's always, oh, God. That drive. No, like, like, it's not even the drive. It's like, oh, God, people. But, you know, like, it's, it's one of those things that once you're there, it's like getting into a, uh, um, like, a, sw- a, cold, like a yeah. swimming pool, right? Like,
1: right, like, exactly.
0: Mm, that, like, that initial dip kind of sucks. But once you're in and, you know. Once you're in. Then yeah, you're, you're having fun. You know, like, okay, you realize, okay, you're either going to sink or die. Like, like, well, swim or die, right? Okay. Well, do you have, like, let me just ask you. Do you have fun? I end up doggy paddling through the night, like, you know, like, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm, 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 I I'm, got my floaties on, right? You know, like, I, I nurse my, like, I end up drinking so much fucking water every time I go to your place, like, yeah. like, cups and cups, because it's basically my little flotation device.
1: Right. It's your, it's your illusion while everyone else is getting wasted. It's like the illusion of sharing that experience right. with them, right?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> For sure, and plus, you know, like you know, if you're drinking, you can't talk. You're doing something. Your hands are holding something. right? right? Oh, it's a shield. It's a shield. Okay. There's, yeah. There's, there's all
2: it. this strategy. I didn't. I didn't consider all this strategy. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No. Cause... But I think that overthinking it, like the way that you're doing, is kind of preventing you from actually experiencing. Yeah. Oh, it.
0: totally. I mean, I'm I'm definitely in my head more than I am in in the moment, right? Right. But that's I say
1: go in pants down, dick out, as an mm-hmm. experiment.
0: Uh, that might require some alcohol. Okay. That would that would that, that would actually require alcohol. Like I was I was never more powerful than I was when I was drunk, and I know that.
1: Oh, you're you were Jesus. But... You had the starman. <laughs> <laughs> <That's
0: you. laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. But anyway, I, I I saw that. It was like okay. Like I could probably, you know, um, I could I could have some growth by taking in some of your insights on this article.
1: All right. Well, I, I hope you, I encourage you to do so because, you know, again, the, the last thing we want to do is feel that sense of stagnation, especially as we're getting older, you know, and, and an opportunity for making friends becomes diminished. So I, I would say it's worthwhile if you have the if you have the if you do feel stagnant, try to break that cycle. And take your opportunities where you can find them to to meet new people because they might they might surprise you. I mean, not not always, obviously, and for the most part, people are you know fucking stupid, but a lot of them aren't, and a lot of them are at least interesting or or entertaining to interact with, even if you don't continue to to interact with them beyond that initial first contact. And you know, speaking of that feeling of stagnation, you know, I had found an article uh this week about you know quiet quitting and how it relates, uh intergenerationally what the perspectives are on on work in general and and basically how the struggles and challenges for our generation are a little different from from generations before. But I said fuck that because John found an even better article about quiet quitting, and I really, really, really want you to explain this premise to our listeners, John, please. Oh, yeah,
2: no problem. So uh, quiet quitting and, you know, uh, I guess, the, the grind of working a 9-to-5 job, you know, like these things are touching everybody across, you know, any generation, right? No matter, you know, what, what age you are, or no matter, you know, what kind of job you're working, you know, and it would seem that it's so, it's so hardcore, you know, it's such a problem that it's even affecting the Taliban, right? So... <laughs> the article is, you know, uh you know, there's a couple of versions of this, but the the first one that I sent was uh entitled Taliban Mil- Militants Fed It with Office Culture are ready to quiet quit. And I just you know, <laughs> like that was that was a delicious concept to me, right? Because the idea that you know, people that, you know you know, are terrorists, right? You know, people that go around and you know, blow people, places and things up, you know, for any number of reasons <laughs> just feeling you know that office anyway you know was just too much for me so basically you know we, re- we were reading into the article and the premise of it is that you know after you know two years after uh, the taliban retook over afghanistan after uh, you know the west left right you know the the jihadists who have left the battlefields and entered you know government you know paper pushing jobs are kind of just fed up with you know, sitting there and you know, sitting in their cubicles and stuff like that they're ready to just quit you know, and you know, i i can't i can't get over the idea of <laughs> <laughs> people, you know, people who are just you know, tired of you know, like people who traded in their ak's for keyboards and just you know, got fed up you know, like it's it's just too much for me it's too much
0: yeah you know, i can understand it right? Like. Uh, oppression at the end of a machine gun is less... It is more satisfying than oppression with a keyboard. Like, I, you know what? I get it. I get it. You know, like, there's nothing to break a person down more than a spreadsheet.
2: Like, I feel that because, like, that's... You know, that's a lot of my lived experience, right? So, like, I, (laughs) I understand that 100%. I just just like the 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 article is basically you know there's a researcher you know a, a person named sabawun Sanim and you know uh, samim, and he interviewed God damn say that five times fast <laughs> and, Jesus <laughs> and he interviewed... yo and you did it like damn you know, okay. I, I, I' I'm, hey, like, I'm trying right. my best you know it's a <laughs> you know, it's my birthday I got the power today, right but uh you know. So this researcher interviewed five uh, jihadists, you know, ranging from age 24 <laughs> to 32, and you know, they'd spent di- you know, between 6 and 11 years in the Taliban, right? You know, There was a commander, you know, a sniper, you know, two fighters and a deputy commander. And basically the premise of this is that, you know, all of them really just preferred their life as fighters, you know, in a you know, uh, holy war, right? you know they they love just like you said right you know oppressing people with a gun was much more fun and fulfilling for them than oppressing people with a spreadsheet <laughs> you know now they're sitting you know, uh and dealing with the bureaucracy of you know, having to run a country right they're in you know working civilian jobs in security positions dealing with twitter you know being on the internet too much and you know they just want to you know they there's they feel that office work is tedious and unbearable
0: you know They're just like us. We have common ground. When do you just get to sit around and cut the hands off children? Like when do you just get to do that? <laughs> you know, like they they have to now, but they gotta fill out form three wow, A two <laughs> B. Right. right fill out fill out Schedule C. You should receive your jihad in six to eight weeks.
1: Oh, it's it is amazing just how universal um the the concept of fuck this has gone you know we've got the we've got the quiet quitting millennial generation in this country you know we've got the the demise of the middle class and you know do more with less and the the end of pensions the end of benefits the end of you know decent wages and they're like oh nobody wants to work anymore well i wonder why but it's it's incredible to see how universal this is even the bureaucracy of terrorism <laughs> is boring to young people <laughs>
0: You know, if you really think about it, um, riding on the back of a technical, shooting your, your gun into the air is the equivalent of like summer. And now summer break. And now you got to go back right, in. Summer break's over. You right. got to go back in and do the work mm-hmm. now. You know, like back then you could like close a school down by blowing it up. But now you got to like requisition forms and get permits and you know, knock it down. Too much bureaucracy. Too much, too much. Red tape will break anyone, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: for sure, for sure. No, yeah. um, but I, I really like the psychological angle of this, right? Because it, it really does show, like, like there there was a one guy who was quoted as saying he he was complaining about the commute <laughs> to go to Kabul, <laughs> like in his nine to five. Like they have fucking rush hour there, man. Like, do it like, un, like un, I can't, like, wrap my head around it. Like, if they're complaining about rush hour, like, the BQE would destroy them mentally. Like, they, <laughs> they, they would have no, no idea, no response to what New Yorkers have to deal with just trying to get to work every day. Hey, the BQE probably looks about as good as any fucking yeah, <laughs> road <laughs> system <laughs> in fucking
1: yeah, Iraq for sure. at this point. That
0: is for sure. So, is it really that different? Oh, that's amazing. <sighs> and like, they would rather be fighting, right? Like, they would rather be randomly taken out by US drone strikes. They go to work. Then, you know,
1: I'm with them. Like, I'm with them. Oh, God. And I'm just trying to imagine what a day in the life would look like, you know, from this angle. And I think it would look a little
2: like this. Hello, hello, can anybody hear me?
3: Welcome, welcome, brave jihadists! Thank you for getting together today at our CAVE headquarters. My brothers, and thanks to those of you watching online. It's time for our Taliban all-hands meeting for Q1. Yes, yes, I see some comments in the chat. Yes, God is great. Okay, well, let's get started. I wanted to call us together to talk about how things are going in our sacred mission to purify our country. We're enjoying a previously unheard of amount of success here in Afghanistan, and we're really blowing the doors off things so far this year. Ever since, by the grace of God and a Call of Duty voice chat on Xbox Live, I was brought to you. I've wanted to be part of this fine Taliban group. Since I was made your general and chief media representative, I've worked tirelessly to raise our standards and optimize our output. And now I can report that we have oppressed more women and vaporized more infidels than ever before with an increase of 210% year over year from 2022. Special kudos to our Guerrilla Warfare Security Team and the Infidel Sexual Violation Team for beating this month's quota. Yes, yes, I see those plus ones in the chat. Way to bring it together. Now I want to turn it to our attendees in person and online and give them the time to ask some questions because after all, teamwork makes a dream work. Now let's see here. Okay, uh, I'll take a question from you, Faisal.
2: Thank you, my leader with face like ghosts. I have a question about work-life balance. Ever since Americans left to kill each other at home, we have so much more to do here, and that has really been impacted by ending remote jihad. Now most of us have to come into the caves or the embassy offices. How can we give our brothers more options for how we work?
3: That's a good question. We really believe that we can do our best to work together in person, and that's why we're looking to really hone that energy back into the caves instead of just online. Now, I know you're wondering why I'm on Zoom while you have to drive in, and that really is just because of the will of God, my friends. Next question, Abbas,
0: yes? The commute, the commute. It is so very long.
2: After so many hours of driving to Kabul, then religious study, then spreadsheets and documentation all day, and then driving back home, I'm exhausted. Is there anything you can do to improve infrastructure to decrease traffic if we cannot work remote?
3: Thank you, Abbas. Unfortunately, the infrastructure funds are currently tied up in Russian banks and Chinese cryptocurrency. In July, God willing, after we sell some more opiates in Eastern Europe, we can get funding for some new roads. But you know how that goes. Gotta fill out the paperwork, huh? Okay, let's try to get some more uh, positive feedback, team. Uh, One more
1: question, Uh, you, Mukhtar. Carl, my brothers and I are really feeling the burnout. We used to have such meaning in our work because our war was sacred. Nowadays, uh, this life is too modern, you know? Can we have another department, like the Village Wedding Hostage Unit, take over the paperwork and spreadsheets and accounting? There is too much holding back of the personally enriching work we used to do like sniping western chauvinist pig dogs and blowing up homosexuals. We don't even have to avoid drones anymore. It is so boring. All I do is play cookie clicker or watch ebony porno on cave computers.
3: You know what, you know what, frankly? I'm sick of all this damn negativity, my brothers. You people are too entitled, and that's the problem. Nobody even wants to jihad anymore. They just wanna look at Twitter and threaten Joe Biden. That's why all the other holy warriors are far more successful than us these days. Look at the Christian evangelicals and white supremacist American shooters. They've already beaten us for the whole decade in 2022 alone. You sensitive snowflakes are gonna be replaced by younger child rebels who are already being recruited and trained in Roblox. We'll get back together when your attitude gets straightened out. Get back to work, I'm out.
2: Yeah, yeah, American bosses are such assholes. Well, I am going to drive home ahead of traffic from Kabul so I can beat my wife early before she tries to read again.
1: Ah, just like the good old days. yeah man it's a it's a hard life it's a hard life to imagine it's a hard life we all live and hey you know what i empathize with those jihadists man it, it just hang it up you know they got live the
0: life they got the monkey paul's wish mm-hmm.
1: they got exactly but it looks like that's all the time we have for red channel condition but you guys know the deal check us out on youtube send us an email red channel condition at gmail.com and hey thanks for listening next week is our last week so
0: it's the season finale we'll uh we'll see you guys take done. it easy trillion dollars in in war is no match than a bad commute.